0: From Bayside Church International, Victor Harbour. This is Chad Mansbridge. And at the end of these two oldies praying for him, they say, it says this in Luke 2, verse 39 It says, When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, so they've been to the temple, they've done the Simeon and Anna thing, is 40 days old, and they've done everything required by the law, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. Fishing community. And the child grew and he became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. The child grew, he became strong, he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. That's sort of the main insight we have about Jesus' upbringing as a child. If you keep reading Luke chapter 2, it then, goes, it then jumps from his 40-day birthday to his 12-year when he was 12 years of old. How many of you know enough of the Bible to know that those numbers are often recurring, 40 and 12, right? they come up all the time. So we see Jesus now at 12 and guess where he is again? He's back at the temple and he's chatting with all the scribes, all the people that understand the scriptures and they, they, they marvel at how much he knows. And it says this at the end of that story, it's the last verse of Luke 2, it says Jesus went back to Nazareth and then he grew in wisdom and stature and he grew in favour with God and with man. He grew in wisdom. There is one word that appears in both of those verses and it's the word wisdom. Jesus, one thing we learn about this and one thing we learn about what wisdom is like is that wisdom is both something that is given and wisdom is something that grows. So the child grew in, the child was wise. He was filled with wisdom, uh, that first passage that, He was filled with wisdom because God gives wisdom. And if you don't believe that, you just have to read James 1 verse 5. It's a pretty famous verse where it says, if anyone thinks that he lacks wisdom, there's a, you've got a solution to that. Ask God. Ask God and he gives generously to those who ask. God gives wisdom. But we also know from this passage that Jesus grew in wisdom, that wisdom is something that you can cultivate, wisdom is something that you can grow in. Wisdom and knowledge are a bit different. The way I understand it is that wisdom is about knowing how to apply what we know. Wisdom is knowing... W- uh, how to apply the what? Um, insight might be a bit different as well. I only just thought of this this morning, but there's different words as you read Proverbs, particularly wisdom, insight, understanding, knowledge, etc. And insight is to me is understanding the why behind the what, when you know why that thing is, and that's really important. But wisdom, practically, is about knowing how to apply what you know. Some people can be really intelligent, and yet incredibly unwise. Okay. Many people make stupid decisions in life, they have the knowledge, but you know better than that. Oh yeah, they know better, but they're not wise in implementing the knowledge that they have. So wisdom is about knowing how to apply the knowledge that you have. Wisdom is given and wisdom grows. And often in January, when it comes to learning God's wisdom, I don't know how many of you made New Year's resolutions. We're already seven days in and some of you have already broken them if you did. But sometimes, you know, with all our ambition, I know that uh, many Christians often think, you know, this is the year I'm going to read the Bible all the way through, January 1. So you start with Genesis 1 and get to the Nephilim bit and give up. I mean, it just comes to chapter 6 and that's it, I'm out. Personally, I don't think January, I was just chatting with some friends last night, I don't think January is a good time to do resolutions, New Year's resolutions, because it's a weird time of year. Uh, normally we are creatures of routine and so it's probably wiser if you want to do uh, new year's resolutions to wait until your routine part of the year kicks in that's just me anyway so we, we might actually look at doing a, a, a bible reading program as a church this year but i don't want to implement it the first day of january i think it's wiser if we wait till our year really starts, which for many of us isn't until later January, February, when routine kicks in. So we might look at, we might look at doing that. But one thing I did on January 1st is I picked up the Bible and I started reading Proverbs again. Not Genesis 1. I kicked off in Proverbs. And Proverbs might be a good January resolution for some of you because there's 31 days in January. There's 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. And I'd like to encourage you today to commit yourself to giving or getting and growing in wisdom this year and maybe reading proverbs will be a good start and so i did that i looked at jesus grew in wisdom started reading the book of proverbs and i just want to share some wisdom out of proverbs this morning in fact i just want to pick one proverb to read i wonder if you can guess which one it is come on some of you know me from like come on come on what's it going to be Proverbs 20.18. All right, Proverbs 20.18. Let's read Proverbs at 20.18. Plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. That's right. Now, it doesn't mean if you've got housing plans, I'll succeed if you've got a good counsel, okay? You <laughs> still need to do your housing plans, right? That's not what it's saying. Plans Succeed. Last year, we, did, we ended the year with a series on God setting us up for success. God wants us to succeed. This is a time of year. Often people assess and audit their plans. Assess and audit their plans. Well, plans succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war. Don't make major, significant decisions without wise advice. So I read through the book of Proverbs and there's so many i I could read that just back this up but it's just the vibe of the thing is that wisdom basically comes two ways we can receive wisdom number one is from god and number two is from people love god love people learn from god learn from people listen to god listen to people and today that's just the the context the context i just want to establish proverbs 2018 if you remember nothing else just remember that hopefully you should you should remember that reference proverbs 2018 plans succeed through good counsel don't go to war another way to say that is don't make significant decisions or risk without wise advice i've taught often here in this church about the ways that god guides us the way god speaks to us um, you know that I'm, I favour a reference from the Old Testament that's referenced two or three times in the, new, in the first century scriptures, where the, God sets this principle where He says, when significant decisions that are to be made, make sure you go on the witness of two or three witnesses. And there are two or three witnesses. It's quoted in Exodus, it's quoted in the New Testament by Jesus and Paul. And the principle there is before there are major decisions to be made, Understand different ways that God speaks and get two or three witnesses before you go to war, basically, okay? Plan, succeed through good counsel. Don't go to war without wise advice. Don't walk into the adventures and challenges of this year on your own. Amen? Don't walk into the adventures and challenges of this year alone because God has placed people in our life to learn from To lean on, and it is good for us to listen to them. And so, this may not be a particularly exciting, thrilling, prophetically charged word. I might save that until we really start the year in, in late January. Today's probably more of a wise pastoral wisdom for the year. Wisdom for 2018 plan succeed through good counsel, don't go to war without wise advice. Amen? Five practical groups of people that I know have meant something in my life. I've grown in wisdom. Wisdom is given, wisdom is grown. Five groups of people that I know I've learned from in my life and I hope this will be helpful to you. Are you ready? This is a very Chad sermon. They all start with the same letter. Number one. It's P. We should have taken bets first. You got 26 options. Which ones are going to bet P? Parental figures. Parental figures. In, in chapter one, the the the, the 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 prologue, the prologue of Proverbs says this: Take your father's words and listen to your mother's advice. Heed your father's words. And listen to your mother's advice. The whole context of the book of Proverbs, if you're going to read it, 31 days, you've got a bit of catching up to do, but I'm sure you can handle it. If you want to read the book of Proverbs, the whole context is that the book of Proverbs is a whole lot of wisdom written or collated from a father to his son. It's a book of parents' wisdom. And as I've shared here before, some of you won't have heard this, so you'll find this novel. But as I've shared before, the last chapter of Proverbs, chapter 31, is not written from a father to his son but is the wisdom of a mother to her son. So Proverbs 31, Proverbs is all about listen to your father, listen to your mother. And then the whole thing is Solomon, the father, saying, "My son, my son, my son, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me." He gets through 30 chapters and then in the last chapter it's the a, a wisdom from the mother who speaks which shows us a couple of things. It shows us, number one, Solomon, in all his wisdom, made sure he gave his wife the last word. <laughs> that's, well, he had a hundred of them, right? Um, <laughs> so that, that's the first thing. But the second amazing context of that is that the wisdom in Proverbs 31 is still the wisdom of a mother to a boy. And this is the, the fun part of that chapter. that Proverbs 31, which is about the wife of noble character, was not written... To women, It was written by a mum to her boy. Because Proverbs 31 was not written to tell girls what they should be like. It was written to a son to say, this is the kind of man you should be to find a woman like this. Because Proverbs 31 starts by saying, a wife of noble character, who can find her? What kind of man do you need to be to find a woman like this? And so the whole purpose of Proverbs 31 is, yes, to give us a wonderful picture of, of, uh, of womanhood at its greatest. Entrepreneurial, instructive, wise, energetic, providing, leadership, all that aspect on that woman. That is the picture that is painted, but that whole picture is painted to a son, to say what kind of man do you need to be to find this woman, to be worthy of her, and there are nuggets of truth in that chapter that you will miss if you don't understand it's written to a man. It talks about what kind of man you need to be to be worthy of her. So that's Proverbs 31. The whole book of Proverbs is written from a father to a son and ultimately a mother to her son. What is the point, preacher? The point is God gives us parents and parental figures in our life to learn from. And we should, hear, we should listen to them. Another scripture that's often, that's quoted, has its origins in Exodus and then it's quoted a number of times, Colossians and Ephesians in the first century. Another scripture is the one where God says, honour your father and your mother. It's added in the New Testament that you may enjoy long life and that it may go well with you. And the word there for honour is the word, anyone know? The word honour means weight. To honour your mum and dad means to give appropriate weight to them. which is a good understanding because some of us have parents that we should give heavy weight to their words and others of us have parents where the appropriate weight is not so heavy because some of us have very wise parents some of us have very honourable parents And so we should give great weight to the evidence of fruitfulness on their life. But some of us have not so good parents. And so it doesn't mean we hold them in high honour that's unrealistic. Honour means weight. We give appropriate weight to who they are. A few years ago, we had Alan Meyer here after church together. One of Dave's favourite messages, he spoke about the parental paradox. And he used the example of Noah, who is this incredible man who heard God's voice and against all odds did something completely ridiculous, build a boat for his family. Good on you, mate, because it was going to rain for 40 days. Good on you. He obeyed the voice of God for a 100-something years, as the story goes, built that boat, and he saved and rescued his family. Noah was an incredible man of God. Heard God, obeyed God's voice, obedient, just an incredible man. The next story we see of Moses, he is drunk as a skunk, off his nut, completely starkers, hanging in his tent, big Christmas celebration, hit the rum, it all went bad, right? And so now you've got a father that's an incredible example to you. He's, he's awesome, he's amazing. And now you've got a father who's lying naked, drunk as a skunk, in his tent. And the parental paradox is that we are challenged as children when we look at our parents that we can see good in them. And we can also see the faults in them. And the challenge of those sons was to respond well when they saw the fault. Because one son didn't, or two sons, I can't remember the story now, and one son responded well. The fact is, in the parental figures in our life, whether you have biological parents or spiritual parents, that's why I want to say parental figures, okay? Because I've got decent biological parents, and I've had decent spiritual parents, and they are ones that these are the ones that can come and go as well, you know. But parental figures that we give weight to their words, and weight means we honour them as is appropriate for who they are. That kind of makes sense, yeah point is this, listen to your parents and you can hear them without heeding them, you can hear what they say without doing everything that they say but God has given you parents biological for some of us, not all of us and there's also the opportunity for us to find mentoring figures in our life I wonder if this is the year for some of you where that will that's something that you want to ask God for? Parental figures. Number two, prophetic people. Who are the people that we can get advice from as we grow in wisdom? Number one, parental figures, listen to your mum and dad. Number two, prophetic people. These are people with a different God-given anointing who see things different to you because they have special prophetic insight that no one else would know. How many of you have had people like that in your life and have learned wisdom from them? You know, David, King David was a guy, played the harp, killed Goliath. He could hear God's voice. He knew God intimately, played the harp, and the hand of God would come and deliver demons out of Saul. Okay? He was a man who knew God's heart. When something went pear-shaped in a war that he was fighting, a whole bunch of his men died. It was a hell of a day. He comes back. Everyone wants to kill him. He's depressed, he's down, it's over, he's in the pits. You can't get, you know, he wasn't on the bottom, the bottom was on him. You know, it was the worst day of his life. And it says this in the story that somehow he found his way to encourage himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. That is a challenge that all of us will go through. It is a skill that we should all nurture and be willing to, you get to the point in life where you have to do certain things on your own. I'm speaking today about having people in your life that will help you. There are certain things that you would just have to go through on your own. Last year we had people in our church who had people very close to them pass away. They appreciate as they go through that morning of losing a family member, people around them. They, did, they were not completely on their own. But when you walk through suffering like that, there's stuff you just go through on your own. You are. You will just go through certain things on your own. And we need, like David, to find the place. Some things you just... Yeah. I can't explain that too much. We need to find the place where, like David, we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. And yet David got up from that moment of encouraging himself in the Lord. And the very next thing he did was he went and sought out Abiathar, the priest. And he went to a priest and he said, I need to hear God about what to do next. This was a man that could hear God, meet with God, hand of God, presence of God, encourage himself in God. And yet he knew God has put people in my life. And I'm going to, before I go to war again, I'm going to seek others' advice. And you see a man like David, intimate with God, who knew God's heart, who would search after men like Nathan and Gad and Abiathar and say, I want to listen to your wisdom. Tell me what God is saying. He went to prophetic people. They could hear God's voice as well and give him insight that God was not hiding from him. But there are certain things that God wants to communicate to you that he will only do through others. And I'm not one... You know, I, 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 We understand Corinthians where it says, eagerly desire the prophetic. And on one hand you think, I want to prophesy, I want to do that because I want to build up and encourage and strengthen others. And as a church, as a culture, we should eagerly desire to want to hear the voice of God. Eagerly desire the prophetic ministry. And while we don't want to become people that run after clairvoyant, Christian clairvoyance, okay, uh, Okay. I need a word from the God, I just got, no, there's many ways that God speaks to us. I have actually done this before. I've, I position myself around prophetic people when I want to hear him. Because I know... These are people that God has put in my world to learn wisdom from, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. When I, when just looking, just seeing Jake and Rachel here, first time we met, Jake and Rachel was two years ago, in the Gold Coast. Jay and I had some time off, and it was the start of the year or whatever, and we thought, let's go away for a weekend, spirit, soul, body. Let's go hear God, get in the sun, get away from the kids and uh go to the gold coast for three days and the reason we chose the gold coast is because a friend of ours joshua mills was ministering there at the big pineapple all right it's the whole story don't worry about it but joshua mills is a prophetic guy from canada how many of you were here five years ago when we had him in our church all right awesome just incredible prophetic ministry and jane i thought we'll go to the gold coast anyway because it's sunny win we get away from the kids awesome are there any of my kids here oh yeah there is um And we'll put ourselves in the presence of a prophetic person because we'd love to hear God right now on something. And we went there and heard nothing. He didn't pull us out. You know, you you wear your shiniest shirt, you know, sit under the light, you know, let the prophet see me. Didn't see... We, Josh never... I think he prayed for us once, but we never heard God through him. And that was okay. But we happened to be sitting... (laughs) In a front row, of course, and in the row behind us, there's a young couple called Jake and Rachel that Jay met. Three three months later, they walked through our church tours. And I, I didn't remember you, but Jay does, so there you go. <laughs> I was trying to hear from God, you know. But then a few years ago, you know, a number of us, and I won't tell the whole story, but we, there was three or four dreams that people in our church had uh, night after night. Myself, Jesse, Irene had a dream you had a dream of a a virgin on a bed with a snake i had a dream about a bear attacking my father's house jesse had a dream of a shark swimming around this building all of those dreams had a vicious animal and all of those dreams were associated with church a shark in the building a bear attacking my father's house it's a picture of the church right and a snake on a virgin girl on a bed a virgin that's a church picture we thought "Mm, three vicious animals attacking the church I wonder if God's speaking. We went through a process of prayer and, and praying for it and just, well, I don't really know what this means, but I'll just deal with it as, as best I know how in the spirit. And then a week or two later, I thought, you know what? I'm going to call my prophetic friend, Adam Thompson, who's a prophetic guy. Let's see whether he has any insight into that. He interprets dreams. And we got a really clear answer from him as to what that meant, that I would never, ever have come up with on my own. I, I asked God for two weeks. What what do I need to know? Tell me. Talk to me. Give me specifics. I mean, this sounds like an attack. That's all I'm going on. Go out to my backyard. I I stand against this attack. That's it. I know what else can I do? (laughs) Speak to Adam. And he said, I know exactly what that is. That is a boom. And he read the mail. I would never have come up with that. And then so we were able to be specific on that. And we came through no bump in the road at all. What's your point, preacher? God puts prophetic people in our life and uh, it's good to listen to their wisdom, to draw on them. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Not, not after Christian clairvoyance, but understand, put yourself around prophetic people. Adam Thompson's coming here in April. We have a special weekend with him. It's going to be awesome. Number three, third group of people that have helped me grow in wisdom. Doesn't sound very spiritual, does it? Professionals. Not real estate agency. Again, professionals. Parental figures, prophetic people, and professionals. Don't be so silly and narrow-minded to think that just because you speak to a Christian, that's going to be the best and wisest advice you're going to get. There are professional people that have devoted their lives to the study of something and they have wisdom to share with you that you will never get from your parents and you may never get from a prophetic person no matter how clearly they hear from heaven. Don't think a pastor is the best person to go to for financial advice. That wasn't meant to be a joke. I'm just saying, don't, don't... Gee, thanks guys what am i doing Um, the best wisdom you can get might just be reading the barefoot investor and getting a guy who has devoted his whole life to financial management that might be the best wisdom godly wisdom that you can get because all wisdom belongs to god all workable wisdom all healthy wisdom ultimately comes from god and he can use other people One of the most helpful people in my life in the last few years has not been a prophet, but has been a professional psychologist, a counsellor that I sat down with two and a half years ago. Read my mail. Knew me by looking at a sheet of paper. I felt like I was with a prophet. He read my mail. said, Chad, this is the type of person you are. And he gave me some of the best advice I, I could ever hope for. My friends couldn't help me. People in my world couldn't help me. I sought out the advice of a professional and it was super helpful. He's also coming to our church later this year. Because we're the type of church, as Eleanor would remember, that one year can have Joshua Mills here, a Canadian prophet, with gold dust, oil dripping out of his hands, seeing angels, angels ministering in the place, incredible prophetic ministry, and two months later have a professional sex therapist from Sydney come. That was us four, four or five years ago we had a year we had a professional sexologist in our pulpit. That was a good day. That was a great day. Because God has given wisdom to professional people who have devoted their life to learning how things work. So I don't think that's less spiritual than listening to a prophet. Sometimes the best advice you would get is from people who have given their life to something. And they learned. And we see this in the scripture. We see in in Kings, you remember the story after David and Solomon build an awesome kingdom, temple and palace and all that stuff. And then Solomon dies with all his wisdom. He's still screwed up at the end. Still screwed up at the end of his life. Parental paradox. Still made mistakes. And God said, after you die, I'm going to split the kingdom. And the amazing way that that happened was that one of his sons took over from him, his name is Rehoboam, and he got advice from people. He said, look, I'm taking over from the old man, the old man's dead, I'm in charge now. He got all the politicians to him that had worked for their dad. He said, give me some advice. What's your professional opinion as to how I should tax people? And they were a bunch of good conservative, fiscal, conservative politicians, and they said, do not raise taxes. We can do this with low taxes. That's going to give us a healthy society. And then he went to some younger guys, wet behind the ears, a bunch of greenies, and said, I shouldn't get political, and said, what should I do? And they said, increase taxes as much as you can. That'd be awesome. We should get as much out of people as we possibly can. Let's increase taxes. And he didn't, that man, the sad thing, is he did not take the advice of the professionals. Those who, when you look over their shoulder, have a history and a legacy of good decisions and good decisions and good decisions see this is why some of us should not listen to our parents over professionals because some of us when we look at our parents our biological parents look over their shoulder and you go you know what they don't have a good history in that particular area maybe some of us don't have parents that have good history in in financial management or good history in long-term relationships or good history in looking after their health Okay. Maybe parental figures are not going to be where you get your wisdom from. You need professionals, health professionals, finance professionals, people who've got runs on the board. When you look over their shoulder, you see a legacy that's worth listening to. So please, three groups of people you can get wisdom from this year. Parental figures, yes. Prophetic people, absolutely. Thirdly, professionals. Learn from those who have dedicated their life to the study of something. Amen. Number four. I'll be quick. <clears throat> I can see you're falling asleep. You're, is, it, is this partly helpful? Partly. See yeah, how I did that? Peer, uh, number four is peers. People that God puts in your world to learn from, to get wisdom from, are uh, basically your friends, peers, those who are around you, who see you regularly, who understand your world, your language and your challenges, and are doing life together with you. That's why Proverbs says, wounds of a friend can be trusted. Uh, Proverbs 27, wounds of a friend. When a friend comes to you and they say, listen, I've known you for 20 years. And this stuff you're saying, I remember you saying three years ago, and five years ago, and eight years ago, and ten years ago, and remember, this is what happened. Professionals may not be able to do that to you. Prophetic people, unless they're spot on that day, may not be able to do that to you, but your peers can long-term friends or people who just understand that in your world they know your stuff. Some of you, the best people you can have in your life to get wisdom from and encouragement from are just people in the same industry as you. It's good for me just to hang with lead pastors sometimes, senior pastors, because, and we all know this in our industries, cops are like this, teachers can be like this, you don't necessarily have to talk about work just to know this person understands me because we've got the same language. You know what I mean? You, you, you can be a widow and you can be hanging out with other widows and without necessarily talking about those challenges you just know this person gets me in a way that other people don't okay that is the power of a peer and there's wisdom that can come from peers because they understand your world they basically know what it's like in a sense to walk in your shoes the entire story of job a book smack bang in the middle of the bible it's full of bad advice full of bad advice but the lesson of job is that you can have friends in your world that can give really good advice? Okay, Job's not one of those books. For goodness' sake, if you want to hear God this year, don't. If you open up your Bible and put your finger down and it lands in Job, you, you, you're probably not going to get some good advice. All right, because while Job is the Scripture inspired by God, not all the words in Job are God's words. 35 chapters of the book of Job are not God's words, they are terrible words by people giving bad advice. That's how you need to learn to read your Bible properly, read it from start to finish, and you realise when you get to the end of Job, it says, oh, by the way, all that, that stuff that those friends said was terrible. Okay? What's the point? The point is Job had, I think, one, maybe two good friends that gave him good advice. So watch who your peers are. I don't know if I say this too often, I, I, I think I said it last year, so I don't want to feel like it's my thing. But as we assess and audit this year, some of us just also need to audit our peers. Okay, The people that we hang with, the ones who we are like shoulder to shoulder and friends with. Um, that's just a good thing to audit every now and again. To go, who are my friendship circle... And are they like Job's friends, people that aren't actually doing me much good? And actually, after the last 10 years, I've noticed I'm not doing them any good. Or do I need just to emphasize different friendships that are both mutually good? Yeah, that makes sense? Said this last year friends are few. F, friends are few. True friends. I've got 2,500 on Facebook. I guarantee you they're not my friends. Friends are few. F is few. R, friends reciprocate relationship. We all know what it's like to have a one-way relationship with someone and get nothing back. You always call them, they never call you. A true friend is someone who reciprocates. Few reciprocates. F-R-I. Friends are intimate. Friends are people you're willing to be vulnerable with. Intimacy is into me you see. I'm willing to say, here I am, because I'm not faking anything. True friend is someone who's not faking anything with you. They're not wearing masks. They're not smoke screening you. And you talk to them and you're trying to say, Where's the real you? (laughs) You're trying to blow around the screen. I can't see. Where are you in there? No, friends are intimate. Friends are into me, you see. Nothing hide. Friends are few. R. F. Reciprocate. Friends are intimate. E. Friends are energy efficient. There might be times where they go through struggle. There might be times where you're the friend that's carrying the guy on the mat because he can't walk and he needs to be taken to Jesus. So there's times where you're putting extra energy into your friends. But over the long term of a friendship, true friends are energy efficient. They don't drain you all the time. We all go through hard seasons, but ultimately you look back and you go, you know what, this is good for both of us. Friends are few. Friends are reciprocate. Friends are intimate. Friends are energy efficient. I, I before E. N. Friends are near. Friends are there for you. Even if they're on the other side of the world, they're there for you. There's a sense of being near. What's after N? D. Friends are devoted. Greater love had no man than this, than he laid down his. Oh, no, that's, that's S. That's sacrificial. D is devoted. Um, there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. A man of many acquaintances will come to ruin, but but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Friends are devoted. And S, friends are sacrificial. Friends will give up to be with you or to help you. So have good peers. Amen? Um, And I'm fortunate, blessed, or maybe just wise that I've got... There are people, friends, peers in my life that I've had for over 20 years for a guy my age, that's, pretty, that's not bad, all my adult life. So watch the people that you hang with, that you call your friends. Learn from them and maybe even ask them to speak into your life from time to time. Can't always be serious, for goodness sake. You're meant to eat and drink and be merry with friends, have fun, but maybe every now and again ask them, hey, anything you notice in me this year, I'm willing for you to wound me. Because wounds from a friend can be trusted. Let me know. I'm not saying that to all of you, by the way. I'm just, that was rhetorical. Um, let's finish this. Five groups of people to grow in wisdom from parental figures, prophetic people, professionals, peers, and the last one ah, pupils. There's a little book, it's Paul's smallest epistle, and it's written to a guy called Philemon. Yeah, and it's one of the only, it's, it's a small book, it doesn't have any chapters, right? It's about 20 verses or something. And in about verse 5 or 6, he says to Philemon, I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith. In other words, I pray that you would be active in teaching other people. Because, he says, when you do that, you will become aware of all the good stuff you have in Christ. I pray that you would be active in sharing your faith so you will be aware of all the good stuff you've got. There is something about learning, garnering wisdom and learning stuff when we are teaching stuff. There's some stuff you don't know you know until it comes out of your mouth. And there's some stuff in certain relationships that you will garner wisdom from because pupils, those you are teaching, are the ones that also will be asking you questions. But why do you do that? But why did you invest your money there? But what did you do when that friend did that? But what happened when your husband left you? But what did, when you get those questions and you find yourself learning what you already know, but you may never have articulated. So sometimes some of the greatest wisdom can come to you, you can grow in wisdom as you actually are investing yourself into somebody else. Oh, come on, you all know what this is like. You all know what it's like to have something come out of your mouth and go, gee, that was good. <laughs> never, never knew I knew that, that was awesome, hashtag that. You know, that uh, you, you know Until you are explaining to somebody else and helping someone else, you don't know what's actually in you. Sometimes the greatest wisdom, you know, I needed to hear that today. I needed to hear me say that. Sometimes I've listened to my own messages and thought, that's awesome. <laughs> I, I needed to hear that. Sometimes it's what comes out. But if you do not have pupils in your life, people that you are investing into, people you are teaching, people you are coaching, people you are instructing, people who are looking to you for answers, you, it will... You will not grow in wisdom yourself as much as what you could because you will learn as much from people. And how many times do I hear this? From super kids volunteers and people that work with kids and teachers, they say, gee, I tell you what, I learned as much as the kids did. Preparing for the class, preparing for that, getting that message together, I learned learned more than, it was probably better for me than it was for the kids. I mean, I just hear that constantly. The point is, have pupils in your life. Like Philemon, people that you can actively share with So that you understand, one of the repercussions or evidences, uh, benefits will be that you will understand what you have. The fact is we are created in God's image and he is a leader. He is a shepherd. He is a coach. He is an instructor. And that means you can do those things too. You can do those things too because that's what God's like. You can instruct people. You can help people. You can encourage. You can coach people. Paul said to Timothy, I want you to take the things I've learned and teach others to teach others. It's that whole four-generational thing. One of our uh, values as a church, one of our pillars, is about investing into generations. The Old Testament often calls God the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He doesn't call him the God of Adam. Makes sense to me. Why not just do that? Why not just all the way through the scripture say the God of Adam says. Okay, that's awesome because Adam walked with God in the garden. The God of Noah says. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I listen to No, it's the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and the boys. The 12 sons. This is the God. it's the God of legacy. It's the God of generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob and the boys. Paul taught stuff to timothy he said timothy i want you to teach others who can teach others for generations god of generations so we should be inputting what we have somehow finding a way to do that into other people pastor friend of mine said there's often times people come to him and uh steve potter and uh see there's times where people would come to him and they say they're bored with church They, you know they want to go to a place where they're more fed better better fed or something You've never heard, yeah, whatever. You know that, uh, that. I don't want. No, whatever. Anyway, th- so he he says that, and and he says there was times where he'd sit with people and he'd go, you know what? I actually don't think that's your issue. Okay, that's not really. He said, who are you investing into? Because maybe what you're not. It's not that you're bored with the preaching. Maybe you're bored with your own spiritual development. So rather than projecting that onto someone else, maybe you should take responsibility for investing into other people because I tell you what, you learn a lot when you're investing into others. And sometimes the greatest level of fulfilment, some of us know what it's like to sit at a meal and to be fulfilled, to feel full, yeah? um, We've just done Christmas, anyone know what that's like? (laughs) Feel full. But some of you know the joy of planning a meal having friends over, putting on the roast or the the slow cook or whatever at the start of the day, preparing the room, picking food from the garden, organising that dessert. You've planned a meal for people. And why the fulfilment of watching your friends and family come together to have a fun night, eating, drinking and being merry around a table that you prepared, that's a whole other type of fulfilment. that's a whole other type of satisfaction than just being the one sitting and eating but to go I made that happen I helped integrate that relational thing there anyway I need to stop wisdom for 2018 counsel victory is found in the advice of others wisdom is something that you're given like Jesus was, and wisdom is something that has grown. Wisdom comes from listening to God, taking him seriously. Wisdom comes from listening to others, taking them seriously. And there's at least five groups of people. My personal story, you might be able to come up with more, of people groups in your world that can help you grow in wisdom. At a minimum, I want you to remember Proverbs 20.18, at least that reference. I think I've got faith for that. Sometimes as preachers, it's very discouraging. You ask people, "How'd you like the me- what, what'd you get out of the message?" Two days later, I can't remember a thing. So I'm not going to do that. So I'm realistic with my my uh, appreciation of your memory cap- capabilities. I want you to at least remember today. What did Chad speak on? Proverbs 20:18. There's wisdom there. If someone asks you, just open Proverbs 20:18, read it, and hopefully something comes back. Put those five things back. Thanks, Pete. Those five groups. But maybe today to respond, it's not for your memory, but maybe just now, are there at least two of these areas that today you think, you know what, for me to grow in wisdom in 2018, I'm going to trust God or I'm going to do something about or I'm going to follow up or I'm going to respond to at least those two things. Maybe for some of you, that whole professional thing you need, you know, that's it. Because I've been assessing and auditing my financial life this year. I just don't know what to do. Okay, I'll I'll go get a financial planner. That's what I'll do. Maybe that's you today. Maybe it's the friendship thing or the whatever. Are there two there that you think, you know what, I can do something about that? So wisdom is about knowing how to work, is about applying the knowledge that you have. So don't just receive today. Respond. Do something about it. Apply wisdom. How about just so that you and I, so you can say, I'm responding. How about we close our eyes? And this is maybe just a little way of you saying, I'm going to do something about that. That means something to me today. How many of you One of the top two things that speaks the most to you, that you think, you know, I'm going to do something about this group of people in my life, listening to them. How many of that whole parental figure thing, biological or spiritual parents, you think, I'd love to have that voice in my year more this year? How many of that's you? Just put up your hands. Say, that's me. I'm trusting God to release a mentor to me. Yep. Or remember what my mum told me. Awesome. Father, we pray this year that the desires of these hearts would be met that the desires of these hearts would be met in Jesus' name. Prophetic people. Surrounding yourself with a prophetic culture, a prophetic people. How many of you, that's, that's the thing? Yeah, I want to be a part of that this year. Yeah, okay, great. Come on. Dad? Yep, hands all over. Great. Father, I pray this year you would give practical and a hunger in these people to desire the prophetic, to give them voices that they can listen to. Maybe it's even on podcasting, just to... Be listening to prophetic voices and stirring that desire. I pray you would open doors for these precious people in Jesus' name. Number three, professionals. I'm going to do something about that. That's me. Hand up. Hand up. Go. All right. Dad, I thank you for wisdom in directing these guys to the right door, the right person, the right door for the right advice. And I would just release that wisdom over them in Jesus' name. How many of you think assessing or maybe auditing my peers or opening a door to my friendship, that, you know, making my friendships maybe go a little deeper this year? Yeah, I want that. Hands up. I, I want that one. All right. Dad, I thank you for the courage to carry through with that conviction, to take our friendships beyond just surface level and to dig a little deeper, to learn and to lean on my peers. And I thank you, Lord, for good, strong friendships in 2018 and some of us this year we just need to make a decision to invest in other people might even not right now know how to do that might need to ask someone for some advice <laughs> how do I invest in others but this year you think yeah, actually that's one thing pupils I want to learn I want to get wisdom I want to input into other people this year how many of that's you put your hands up hey that's great that's awesome awesome dad I pray that you would open doors Uh, no I don't want to pray that because that sounds lazy I want to pray that you would give me the courage to knock on doors to take a step forward and to just (laughs) okay Lord you and I understand this just screw it let's just do it I pray that heart of just saying to heck with it I'm just going to do something would grab people's hearts <laughs> amen i'll explain that to you now i just <laughs> in holidays i read richard branson's book you know the virgin virgin has anyone read this little he's got a little book called screw it let's just do it all right i thought what a great title what a great is just like let's just dang it let's just do something let's just get off let's just let's just do it what, what are we going to lose he almost lost his life but anyway but he made millions you know uh, what are we gonna it was a great title anyway I felt like, Lord, screw it, let's just do it. Amen. Um, come on. Okay. Thank you. Are, you. are you keen to grow in wisdom this year? I hope so. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing some grey heads nod, and that's encouraging. Because one of the wisest things we can do, according to Jesus, is become like children. Yeah we want to be adults in our thinking and wise but being childlike not childish but childlike is sometimes one of the wisest things you can do in the kingdom a bit topsy-turvy but that's taking advice from the prince of peace you see number six, no forget it you missed it, you missed it don't worry about it, don't worry you... oh, forget it alright I've had fun, was that helpful? why don't you stand to your feet This has been a podcast from Bayside Church International. Thanks for listening.